Bibles, I would like to turn your attention to the book of 1 Corinthians in the second chapter. Let's give all of our guests a great big hand. We are delighted to have you here with us. Amen. Now, at First Apostolic Church, you only come one time as a guest. After that, we just claim you and make you part of us. And we're just thrilled that you are here today. And uh, I believe God has something very special for all of us this morning in the presence of the Lord. From 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, I want to begin reading at the first verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and beginning at the first verse. This is the Apostle Paul writing his first epistle to the church at Corinth. The church at Corinth was a troubled congregation of people. Yet they were very gifted. They were very gifted. They had uh, a dramatic uh, indwelling of the Holy Ghost and operated in the Holy Ghost. But, but there were many things that needed adjusting and needed correction because they were, they were beginning to become out of order. And the Apostle Paul steps into this epistle. He wrote more to the church at Corinth than any other church. Two epistles, and, and he did so with great, uh, with great uh, passion. The first verse of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says this, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, but I came unto you declaring the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was with demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. By the help of the Holy Ghost this morning, I would like to preach to you on this subject, where faith stands. Where faith stands stands. Can we go to the Lord together one more time? If we could lift up our voices all across this building. Lord, we invite you to anoint the remainder of this service with your power, with your favor. Lord, we ask in Jesus' name that each and every individual that is here be moved by the power of the Holy Ghost. I pray, Lord, that you would do a deep work in our spirit. Do a life-changing work in our minds and in our hearts. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that your word will go forth, accomplish that whereto it is sent, and not return unto you void. But Lord, let it come back with precious fruit, born, hallelujah, of the scriptures being planted into the soil of our souls. We thank you, God, that we can trust in you, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, it feels, it feels like it's been too long. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Joel Urshan. 
And uh, I pastor here at First Apostolic Church. And uh, it's just really good to see everybody. It's good to be home and good to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. And it is a pleasure to declare the word of the Lord. It is a pleasure to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to, to open our mouths and share the gospel, the, the powerful gospel of Jesus Christ, particularly the, the subject of faith. There are many different topics that we could address. Now, all topics are rooted and centered, rooted in and centered upon Jesus Christ, and yet... And yet you can, you can talk about Jesus from a number of different perspectives. But it is always a thrill and it is always a pleasure to be able to stand and declare the word of the Lord and to preach particularly on the topic of faith. This is a very important topic, faith. The scripture speaks glowingly of faith. As a matter of fact, to... to, to intimate or to indicate the importance of the matter of faith the scripture gives us a number of different ideas as to how significant this is the scripture says by grace are you saved through faith the scripture says faith is the substance of things hoped for and faith is the evidence of things not seen and in fact without faith without faith it is impossible to please God. That's how important faith is. Without it, it's impossible. It's not nearly impossible. It's completely impossible to please God without faith. The Bible says it this way. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So that's how important faith is. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. If you look at the... Ministry of Jesus, you see that Jesus would, would routinely look upon those that he healed. We talk about his healings. We talk about him opening the eyes of the blind, unstopping the ears of the deaf. We see him healing those who were sick of palsies or who were lame in their legs, unable to walk, withered hands. He, he healed people in miraculous ways. It's one of the things that everybody appreciates and appreciated about the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. And yet if you read about those miracles. It is routine that Jesus would interact with the person that he was healing. And say to them that it was their faith that was going to make them whole. As a matter of fact he said to the woman with the issue of blood. She touched the hem of his garment. Virtue came out of his body into her body she had been seeing physicians for 12 years with no advantage and and all of that happened and yet Jesus said to her be of good comfort it is your faith that has made you whole that's how important faith is that's how significant faith is faith is uh, so very important so it's a pleasure to be able to preach to you today about faith because it's important that we understand not only the power of faith, but it's important that we understand that there are times in which faith can waver. And faith that wavers is, is, is no good. In fact, the Bible says to ask of the Lord and waver not. Ask in faith. 
and waver not. And so it behooves us to understand how important it is to have faith. But even to a greater degree, how important it is to have faith that does not waver. Faith that stands. Faith that is rooted and grounded. Because there are times where faith can waver. Jesus warned Simon Peter. He said to Peter, Simon Peter, I want you to understand that Satan has desired you. He desires to sift you as wheat. He sees what you have in you as potential. He knows what God can do in your life. And he desires to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. So I want you to be encouraged, Simon Peter, because there is a plan that God has for your life. And Satan desires to sift you as wheat. And I want somebody here to know that it is the devil's desire to take you down. Make no mistake about that. Before you go flirting with the devil's plan, you better know he desires to sift you as wheat. Before you go messing around, dabbling in, whatever you want to call it, the devil's playground, you better know he desires to sift you as wheat. The thief comes for three reasons. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. So don't ever mess around with him because he is seeking to devour you, to to sift you as wheat. But Jesus told Peter, he said, but I have prayed for you that your faith fails not. I have prayed for you that you can get a hold of that faith that does not fail. Because if you have faith that is prone to wavering, then then the devil will have you as he desires. But if you can get a hold of that faith that can stand up under any crisis, if you can get a hold of that faith that will be rooted and grounded in solid ground, then you can go through anything the enemy could ever throw at you and be unassailed and you can come out of it victorious. I feel like telling somebody that this morning, that there is a faith that can waver, but there is also a faith that can stand through anything. There is a faith in which no weapon can prosper against this faith. There's a, whip, a faith where, ladies and gentlemen, if God be for you, nobody can be against you. Nobody can take you down. Nothing can overtake. Nothing can overcome. There is a faith that can stand any test. There is a faith that can stand any trial. I know you may not feel like that's the case because you might be in the trial of your life right now, but you hear what the word of the Lord says. There is a faith you can have that will not fail. Disease can't bring this faith down. Sickness can't bring this faith down. Family crisis can't bring this faith down. Financial crisis can't bring this faith down. Emotional turmoil can't bring this faith down. War, hallelujah. The apostle Paul said, nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. I am persuaded. War can't do it. Death can't do it. Life can't do it. Height can't do it. Depth can't do it. Principalities and powers, nakedness, peril, famine, or the sword. Nothing shall be able to separate me. I am persuaded that I can stand up under any trial. There is a faith that wavers, 
And there is a faith that cannot fail. Now, I want you to know that, that there's only one faith. So it's not a difference necessarily in the fact that you have faith. It depends on where you place that faith. Depending on where you place that faith, it will either waver or it will stand the test of time. And so faith, it matters where it's planted. The book of Matthew chapter 13, I want to read to you what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 31. He said that the kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field. Which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown. Hallelujah. He said. Now the Bible tells us that we are to have faith as a grain of a mustard seed. So when he starts talking about the grain of a mustard seed. We know what he's really talking about. He's talking about faith. He said this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like when you take the grain of a mustard seed. And you sow it into the field. When you sow that faith into the field. It's the least of all seeds. But when it is grown. Hallelujah. You see you got to find the right field in which to sow your faith if you sow it in the wrong field you won't get the results you desire you'll bring up something that wavers and wilts over time but if you sow it into the right field when it is grown it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof this faith that I'm talking to you about you don't even need a lot of this faith it's the least of all seeds there are a number of different seeds that you can go looking for but God said all I want is your faith the least of all seeds it's actually the very smallest thing you have this this little thing called I believe I trust I obey you don't even have to do anything really except just to say Lord I don't even know how to do this all I'm telling you is that I'm choosing to say with my mouth I may not even know it yet in my heart it might not even be something that I feel but I'm going to tell you with my mouth I trust in you I believe in you I'm choosing to believe you I'm choosing to believe your word it is the least of all seeds but go ahead and sow it into that field because when the process begins to unfold and the powers of that field take hold of that seed and break it up and that seed has the opportunity to break forth and, and from it comes a, a, a universe, hallelujah, that you couldn't see when you looked at the seed but, but it's inside the seed. God put it inside the seed and it will burst forth from that ground and it will become the greatest of all trees. It will go from the least of all seeds to the greatest of all trees when it is grown. But it matters where you place the faith. You can place it in a lot of different soils. You can place it in career. You can place it in family. You can place it in your own health. You can place it in your own wealth. 
You can place it in your nation. You can place it in your background. You can place it in the person next to you. You can place it in all the safeguards, the false senses of security that you have in your life. Or you can place your faith in the living God. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, listen. He said, put on the whole armor of God. He said, when you have done all to stand. And there's only one faith that stands. And there's only one ground in which this faith stands. He said, when you have done all to stand. Stand. You know, that just just blows me away, that passage of Scripture. Because I can relate with the idea of having done all to stand. Can I get a witness this morning? Of folks that know what it's like. You've tried everything. And everything has failed. You might as well try Jesus. When you have done all to stand, stand. Hallelujah. Having your loins girt about with truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. Having on the helmet of salvation. Taking unto you the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. But then he said this, above all, above all this stuff. Hear me, folks. I'm going to tell you what he said above all. Above the helmet of salvation, above the breastplate of righteousness, above the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, above having your feet shod and having your loins girt, above all. Take the shield of faith. And if you'll do that, you'll stand. You may have done all to stand, but if you'll take the shield of faith, you'll really stand this time. Oh, pastor, you don't know how much I've been through, how many times I've failed, how many times I've fallen out, how many times I've been divorced, how many times my relationships have been broken. Now it's time to stand. I know, I know, you you, you put your faith in a lot of other things. In fact, you even put your faith in what you thought was God. But it was probably a religious structure. And don't confuse God with religious structures. Don't confuse God with religious structures. You can have a relationship with a religious construct and be far from God. Put your faith. I said put your faith. Put your faith in the power of God. Above all, take the shield of faith. And when you've done all to stand, forget about how many other times you've tried to stand. It's time to really stand your ground. Come on, somebody. It's a new day. It's a new hour. Forget those things which are behind you and reach forth. Reach forth. Reach forth. Reach forth. forth. Hallelujah. To a new day. Because now we're going to put our faith where it belongs. Hallelujah. Folks, I'm tired of believing in the wrong stuff. I'm tired of putting my trust in things that cannot save me, cannot heal me, cannot deliver me, cannot prepare a place for me. That where he is, there I may be also. I'm putting my faith in the power of God. The Apostle Paul said, listen, I want you to know something. 
I have determined. Listen, I came not to you with excellency of speech. I didn't come to you with glowing words. I wasn't the greatest of orators. I didn't even try that stuff. Because you know what I didn't want? I didn't want to sow into you. And then, then later you put your wisdom, your faith in my abilities. Or in my wisdom. I was determined to know nothing among you. Save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was determined. This means, ladies and gentlemen, oh, hallelujah, I wish I could preach it like I feel it. This means that the apostle Paul was saying that, that it didn't matter what other temptations there were. I was laser-like focused on Jesus Christ and him crucified. If we ever needed a laser-like focus, we need a laser-like focus in 2017. If we ever needed our eyes fixed on the cross, we need our eyes fixed on the cross in 2017. Come on, put down your USA today. Shut off CNN. Shut off Fox News. Get your eyes on Jesus. My God. My God. My God, everybody's fighting everybody. Everybody, literally, fighting everybody. People are dying everywhere. It's time for the church not to get caught up in all of that, but to know nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You hear what I'm saying? You be careful not to get entangled with the affairs of this life. It'll choke you like the thorns choked that seed that went down into that, that ground that had thorns that choked it out with the cares of this life. No, no. No, sir. No, ma'am. No, thank you. Jesus Christ. Him crucified. Jesus Christ. Him crucified. They'll pull on you from the left. Jesus Christ. And Him crucified. They'll pull on you from the right. Jesus Christ. And Him crucified. Gee, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, I feel like preaching to somebody today. Hallelujah. He was determined. Now let's go back to etymology. That word term has to do with a span of time. That's why we call it term limits. A term of office. Midterms. We call it a terminal. If somebody has a sickness and it's terminal, it means that there's only a limited amount of time that they're expected to live. It is a terminal illness. There's a termination point. It has to do with a span of time. To be determined is to remove the span of time. And say it doesn't matter how long it takes. I'm not talking about two years. I'm not talking about four years. I'm not talking about 10, 20, 30 years. I'm talking about endlessly. I will be focused on Jesus Christ and him crucified. I am determined. It's not a bunch of these ultimatums. I'm going to give you two years. And we're going to focus on Jesus and him crucified. And if you haven't gotten better in two years, well, then we're just going to throw our hands up. No, sir. That's not how it works. It's determination 
There's no end to this focus. I'm going to be focused on this come rain or shine. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I determined to know nothing among Save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Who, who first? You got to understand. He knew two things. One, Jesus Christ. That's it. Number one, you know who that is. That's the Almighty God, manifest in human flesh. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rohi, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shema, Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Mekadesh, Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Ashua, Yeshua, Jesus, hallelujah, the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, the one who was and is and is to come, the Almighty God, the great I am, the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last. The good shepherd, the lamb for sinners slain, Jesus Christ. But once I know who he is, oh, now I want to concentrate on what he did with all that power. I want to concentrate on what he did with all that ability. I just want to concentrate on the fact that he could have called legions of angels. I want to concentrate on the fact that his words spoke the worlds into existence. I want to concentrate on the fact that he's Elohim, El Shaddai, omnipotent God who reigns. And yet he became obedient. Unto death. Not just any death. Even the death of the cross. Stood before Herod and answered not a word. I just want to concentrate on that for a little while. I don't know so I'll focus on that for a little while. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know what you're going through. But I'll tell you the solution. You need to visit that cross again. And the beautiful thing about Jesus is that he's alive. So I can visit him anytime. I can visit him anytime. Oh, I did it on this trip. We were, we were, we were trying to find some time and just relax a little bit. And I, I love those mornings where you get up and, 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 and Jesus woke you up. I, you know what I'm talking about. Now, you know, you didn't wake up because you slept too long. Or you didn't wake up because the alarm clock went off. You woke up because Jesus couldn't wait to talk to you. Jesus is just walking back and forth by your bed, pacing. Come on, when are they going to wake up? When are they going to wake up? Come on, come on. He starts like doing little noises to kind of get you, get you alarmed. and Messing around, pushing things around. Finally, he just says, wake up, wake up, wake up. 
I want to talk to you. I want to share with you. And he took me, hallelujah. He took me to the cross. He picked me up out of my bed. Took me down to the cross. Said, I want to show you some things about the cross you haven't seen before. I want to show you some things about my suffering you never knew. And when he showed me those things, I began to see things in myself that I thought were peculiar to me and and they weren't but but I can have fellowship with him in my suffering you can have fellowship with him in your suffering Paul said I I determined to know nothing do you know how many problems he had to address in Corinth do you know how out of order that church was do you know how upended that church was it was, it was the wild, wild eat. They were out of control. Everybody was out of control. And Paul walked in and he could have started dealing with one situation individually after another. And then tried to deal with these symptoms and that problem. And oh no, we got this fire to put out. No, 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 don't stop doing that. No, you need to quit. No, that's not what he did. He said, I know the solution to all of this. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. I don't know what you're up against today, but here it is. Jesus Christ and him crucified. 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 Thank God for the blood. In sin I wandered sore and sad with bleeding heart and aching head till Jesus came and sweetly said, I'll take your sins away. I did not come with enticing words of man's wisdom. Listen, how tempting it would have been to entice people away from what they were doing. Use some manipulation, some political skill, some some diplomacy, some management, some... Some, some trying, to, trying to somehow bring people together and entice them with man's wisdom. He said, that's not what I did. He said, I came to you in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Let me tell you how you're going to have demonstration of the Spirit. When you know nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It will always produce a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Let me tell you something. We hear that term. How many heard that term? I came not to you with enticing words of men's wisdom, but with demonstration of the Spirit and of power. A lot of times we say the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. In demonstration of the Spirit and of power. We think that means, oh, until I can pull somebody up out of their wheelchair, I haven't demonstrated the Spirit. No, the Spirit needs to be demonstrated in everything you say. The Spirit needs to be demonstrated in everything you do. And if you'll know nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified, then I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, the Spirit will be demonstrated in the way you interact with your family. The Spirit will be demonstrated in the way you act with your co-workers. The Spirit will be demonstrated in the way that you talk to your neighbors. 
Hallelujah. Anything you say, it will come out in the demonstration of the Spirit. And Paul said, I, I chose, I determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I came not with enticing words of men's wisdom. I, I, I deliberately rejected the temptation to come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom. And I deliberately came to you in demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Demonstration of the power of God. And this is why, that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but that your faith would stand in the power of God. Because you got some stuff coming, folks, that you better have faith that stands. You don't need none of that wishy-washy faith. You don't need none of that faith that's built on if this goes right and that goes right. I'm talking about the kind of faith that can stand up in any storm of life. I'm talking about the kind of faith that can stand up, hallelujah, under the weight of any pressure. Somebody said he won't put on me more than I can bear. You hear me. He won't put on you anything more than he can bear. I'm going to say it again. He won't put on you anything more than he can bear. And his love beareth all things. You're going to go through some things that you don't think you'll be able to withstand the pressure. But I've come along with a word from the Lord this morning to tell you. Put your faith in the power of God and you can stand up under anything. And I do mean anything. Stop talking like he won't put on me more than I can bear. My, he, he's already put on me more than I can bear. I hope you understand that. Listen, I stopped being, being able to bear things a long time ago. I found this whole world unbearable. But I heard Jesus say, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke. yoke upon you for my yoke is easy for my yoke is easy and my burden is light you know what he said brother Jordan he said learn of me that's what Paul was saying I I know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified he was learning of Jesus you can have all your book learning And I'm not against education, Lord knows. But I'm going to tell you, before you know anything else, you better know Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Because if you start learning other things besides Jesus Christ and Him crucified, your faith could begin standing in the wisdom of men instead of in the power of God. You know, what the, you know what the Jews would do, what the Lord told them to do? As soon as your children can, can it, 
I don't even know when he said to start. He just said, every, every, speak to your children every morning, every night. You need to do it while they're in the womb, ladies and gentlemen. You need to speak to them in the womb. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Him only shall you serve. Love him with all your mind. Love him with all your heart. Love him with all your soul. Love him with all your strength. Put that in. He said, talk about it when you're sitting down. Talk about it when you're rising up. Talk about it when you go to bed. Talk about it when you get up in the morning. Put it all around the house. Put it up on the doorpost. Put it over the head when they're walking out the door. While they're sitting at the table eating breakfast. You have it up in front of them. The Lord our God is one. Pastor Alex Elosh from Kiev, Ukraine, came to us years ago. He was a part of the KGB under the former Soviet Union. He said that he was communist, raised communist, and that, that he remembers as a small child, the first thing they taught him in school was this. There is no God. That's what they taught him, first thing. First thing they wanted him to understand was they were trying to pull his faith from being in the power of God so they could put it into the wisdom of man and government became the God of the communists God said just the opposite as soon as you get a chance tell that child there is one God there's only one God there's only one God because it's important that our faith stand in the power of God and not in the wisdom of man. If you put your faith in the wisdom of man, it won't grow. It will wilt under pressure. We just came from a beautiful state, the sunny state of Florida. It's beautiful. And, it, of course, many of you know it's so, so beautiful. And, and uh, minus the gators. <laughs> Lord have mercy. And... And, and, and there's limes that grow in Florida, tangerines that grow in Florida, grapefruit that grows in Florida, the most beautiful citrus fruits that are so full of, of nutrition, and, and they're beautiful. And you know what? It'd be great to, to just put up a nice orange grove here in Cincinnati, but it won't work. I don't care how much seed you put in the ground. It doesn't grow in Cincinnati, but it grows in Florida. That's the way faith works. I don't care how much faith you put in the wisdom of man. You will never have something that stands the test of time. You want, you want something that stands the test of time? There's only one place to plant that. You want something that will, will stand up under pressure? There's only one place you can plant that. You want something that will last when the world is on fire? There's only one place you can plant that and see it succeed. If you put it in the wisdom of man, it will wilt. It will die. But if you put it in the power of God, hallelujah. I said if you put it in the power of God. Hallelujah. It'll grow and it'll grow and it'll grow. And it'll be the greatest of all trees. And you can have strength when you don't have money. I'm talking about a powerful faith, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about a faith in God. Who has more faith? The guy who's believing God for a $1 million miracle? That takes a lot of faith. God, I'm trusting you for a $1 million miracle. Now, if you want to pray that, God bless you. Go ahead. Nothing wrong with it. 
Lord, I'm trusting you for a million-dollar miracle. But where's the greater faith? The guy who says, God, I'm trusting that you will give me one million dollars? Or the guy who says, God, I'm trusting you whether you give me one million dollars or not? Come on, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about the kind of faith that's strong when you don't have resources. I'm talking about the kind of faith that's strong when you don't have things going your way. Hallelujah. 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 So they followed a maniac, charismatic man who was lunatic, Jim Jones, who convinced his followers that he was God. I know that's hard for people to believe, but he literally convinced his followers that he was God. And he blasphemed God abominably he decried and defied God and he led people astray promising them a communist utopia it was all a lie and they made the mistake of putting their faith in the wisdom of a man instead of in the power of God they died a horrible death in Guyana people followed Napoleon Bonaparte He promised them all the land and the resources and riches of Europe. He was going to conquer all the nations around him. But he bit off much more than he could ever chew. And they followed him right up unto their own demise. Because they put their faith in the wisdom of a man. Instead of in the power of God. He arrested the Pope and brought him to France. And put upon his own head the crown of emperor and his wife's head the crown of empress he was taking the place of God they put their faith in the wisdom of a man instead of in the wisdom of God the apostles put their faith in the power of God every force in their world was opposed to them but they put their faith in the power of God you want to know what the power of God is let me tell you what the power of God because that's to some that's a vague term what is the power of God? It's power to heal, it's power to set free, it's power to deliver. It, it's all of that. It's all of that. But very specifically, the Bible tells us what the power of God is. The Apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For the gospel of Christ is the power of God. You want me to tell you what the power of God is? The life, the death, the burial. And the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you know what? That's where my faith is. My faith is not in how tomorrow is going to turn out. My faith is in the fact that he lived and he died and he rose from the dead. My faith is not in how somebody's going to treat me. My faith is not in how successful I'm going to become. My faith is in the fact that he lived, he died, and he rose from the dead. My faith is not in my own longevity. My faith is in the fact that he lived, he died, and he rose again. That's the power of God. And if you follow that faith, that faith won't lead you to a horrible death in Guyana. It won't lead you to utter disappointment in Europe. That faith will lead you to salvation. Salvation. 
The apostles were preaching the gospel. Everywhere they went, they were healing people. People who'd been lame in their legs all their life were, were, were sitting at the gate. Called, one guy was sitting at the gate called Beautiful. Peter John looked at him and said, said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Took him by the hand and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he rose up and he walked. And it blew everybody's mind. He walked into the temple leaping, praising God, shouting, rejoicing. They called the chief priests together, religion came down on the apostles and said, who do you think you are healing this man? You must be using some sort of witchcraft. Yeah. They said, no, 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 it's not by our power that he's raised. See, we don't put faith in the wisdom of man. It is by the name of Jesus that this man is made whole. And while we're at it, there's neither salvation in the other name. That's the only name you can be healed by. That's the only name you can be saved by. They, they, they told them, stop it. They, they beat them. They wounded them. They said, stop preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus. They went on, and you know what they did? They, they preached and they taught in the name of Jesus. In fact, they were rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. That's how much faith they put in the power of God. Acts chapter 5 rolls around. And everybody is selling what they have and giving at the feet of the apostles so that the kingdom of God can flourish. And, and so Ananias and Sapphira kept back part of the price of the land and they fell down dead at the apostles' feet. And when it did, when they did, great fear came upon the church and many miracle signs and wonders began to operate in the church and more people began to be healed and more people began to be saved and they were turning their world, as some would call it, upside down. The chief priest called them in again. The high priest rose up and denounced them. The Sadducees, they were filled with indignation. They laid their hands upon them. They put the apostles in prison. Put them in the common prison. And they began to talk, what in the world are we going to do about these guys? Because everywhere they go, revival is breaking out. And a lot of people are following them. A lot of people are leaving their religious constructs and following Jesus. So what are we going to do about it? And this is what, as they began to talk about, what should we do? Crucify them all, kill them, hang them, throw them in a, uh, into a pit, sell them into slavery. What in the world are we going to do with it? We don't know what to do with them. And this is what finally was said in verse 34. There stood up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel. He was a doctor of the law. He was had in reputation among all the people. And he commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. He said, just wait. Before you act on this, wait. And he said unto them, you men of Israel, take heed to yourselves. What you intend to do is touching these men. For before these days rose up Thutis, boasting himself to be somebody to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who was slain. And all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and brought to naught. See, that's what happens when you put faith in the wisdom of man. It's going to come to naught. And all the followers are going to be scattered. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing and drew away much people after him, he also perished. And all, even as many as obeyed him, we're dispersed because that's what you do when you put faith in the wisdom of man. It all comes to naught. It all disperses. 
Now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it. If this work or if this counsel be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, oh, hallelujah. But if it be of God, but if it be of God, but if it be of God, you and you and you and you and you and anything else that wants to try cannot overthrow what the Lord is doing. Put your faith in the power of God. I woke up this morning to the news that they found wreckage from the USS Indianapolis that was torpedoed in World War II some 70 years ago. What is interesting about that to me, of course you may know that the USS Indianapolis was sank in the Pacific Ocean and 880 sailors lost their lives. 880. 316 survived. Some of them, some of the 880 went down in the ship because they sank in 12 minutes. They didn't have time to, to, uh, to, to, to begin putting into motion the safety drills and, 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 and emergency measures. They sank in 12 minutes after being torpedoed. And... 880 sailors either went down in the ship or they died by shark attack or they died by drowning even after the ship sank or they died by dehydration. They waited and waited for rescue and 316 were rescued. What's interesting about that to me is that there was a young sailor from Indianapolis who was on the ship USS Indianapolis and he was going to be sent out to the South Pacific. And he was excited to be on the USS Indianapolis because it was named after his home city, his hometown. And what a privilege, what an honor to be on the USS Indianapolis for a sailor from Indianapolis. He had a praying grandmother, a praying grandmother who prayed fervently for him. God, keep your hand of protection on him. Put your angels around him. Watch over him. Bring him to salvation. Make sure that he doesn't walk away from you, Lord. Let his soul be saved. He wasn't living for the Lord while he was in the Navy. All of a sudden, as the ship came to one port and then departed, he was randomly taken off of the USS Indianapolis. Just randomly, arbitrarily removed from the USS Indianapolis before it set sail to its eventual demise. And while 880 of his fellow sailors went to the bottom of the sea, he was at first disappointed that he didn't make the, 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 the deportation, the port departure on the ship because he was so proud to be on it. But then he realized that the Lord had kept him off the ship. And here was my grandfather. My grandfather was saved by a woman who prayed and put her faith in the power of God. Even when he didn't put his faith in the power of God, 
She put her faith in the power of God. Hallelujah. I wonder if there's somebody in this room right now that could put their faith in the power of God. I don't know where you've had your faith, but it's time to pull it out of whatever account you've had it in and put it in the power of God. And say, God, I'm going to trust you to the bitter end. I'm determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Somebody lift up your hands right now in the presence of the Lord. Come on, somebody lift up your hands right now in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, lift up your hands right now and say, God, I'm putting my faith in you, Lord. I'm putting my faith in you, Lord. I'm putting my faith in you, Lord. I'm putting my trust in you, Lord. Come on, that's it all across this building. I don't know what you're up against or what's coming against you, but right now, put your faith in the power of God. In the name of Jesus. Come on, we've got a few moments here this morning. This is a very important moment in this service. I want all of us right now to lift up our voices to God and say, Lord, I'm putting my trust in you. I'm putting my faith in you. I'm putting my faith in your gospel. I'm believing, Lord. I'm believing, Lord, that you can wash my sins away. I'm believing, Lord, that you can heal my sickness. I'm believing, Lord, that you can make a way where there seems to be no way. I'm believing, Lord, hallelujah, that you have saved me. You have delivered me. I'm trusting in you. Woo, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, bless his name. 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 I wonder if there's somebody who can hear the voice of God beckoning you to his cross. I don't know if you've been there in a while. I don't know if you remember it. But if if you haven't been there in a while... Come and go with me to the cross of Jesus. Let your soul be restored. I don't know what it is about it, but there's something about looking again upon him who was wounded for my transgressions. Him who was bruised for my iniquities. He who was chastised for my peace. He he who, who took stripes so I could be healed. There's something about standing there for a few moments that makes a person realize Wow, everything really is going to be all right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I just know what it's like when Jesus wakes you up and says, Hey, I want to, I want to show you something. You've been stressed. You've been worried. You've been fretting. You've been sad. But I want to take you back to an old place you haven't been for a while. And I want to, I want to take your fear away. And I want to remind you really is going to be all right if you'll put your faith in the right place. The power of God, that's where faith stands. Faith stands through everything when it's in the power of God. I come not to you with enticing words of man's wisdom. I don't have excellency of speech. I'm not an orator. I just, I just know Jesus. And I know that if you'll know him and tune in to what he did for you, that your faith will stand in the power of God and not in the wisdom of men, 
That's something to build your family on. That's something to build your hopes on. That's something, hallelujah, you can build your eternity on. Hallelujah. Do you feel the Holy Ghost in this place? Come on, uplifted hearts, uplifted hands, uplifted voices all across this place. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I want us to stand together right now in the presence of the Lord. The singers are going to begin to sing. And as they do, I want you to let the Spirit of the Lord move in this place. Let the Spirit of the Lord move in this place. Let the Spirit of the Lord move in this place. Hallelujah. I want somebody to come forward in the name of Jesus. You know, the altar call is such a special time. It's such a special time. Because it's when you can take what you're feeling right now. And you can focus on the Lord. And you can concentrate on His Word. And you can let His Word wash through your spirit. And cleanse your mind. And cleanse your heart. And give you strength. Fill you with the Holy Ghost. Come on, that's it. That's it. There's some coming. God bless you in the name of the Lord. That's it. That's it. God bless you. Come on, somebody else. Come put your faith in the power of God. Hey. somebody to come who's desperate for some faith it's your faith that's been weakened it's your faith that's been failing it's your faith that's been wavering and God is wanting you to know listen you don't have to keep living with wavering faith you don't have to keep struggling through life with faith that falters over and over again put your faith in the power of God yes Lord yes Lord Sure. 